this edition of Central Pennsylvania Voices. I'm your host, Joan Ebistinsky. Thank you for being with us here on Holy Family Radio. Today I have, our guest is Dr. Daniel Benny, and he's a private investigator and a security expert and a Catholic and a Knight of Columbus. So welcome to Holy Family Radio. Hey, it's great to be here. Thank you for the opportunity. Well, our our listeners are going to, I think, enjoy listening to uh, what a private detective does, a private investigator does. I'm, I'm fascinated because I've never spoken with one, and so this is going to be interesting, and a Catholic besides. So tell us a little bit about your, your background, first of all. Yeah, well, it's uh, just like TV. No, just kidding. <laughs> uh, I've had my uh, investigative license, and in, in, back to Pennsylvania, you need to be licensed to be a private investigator since 1981, and uh, but other experience includes uh, 10 years as a naval intelligence officer with the Navy, and I was a police chief at the Naval Support Center in Mechanicsburg years ago as well. So I have that kind of background. Uh, but I've had my license since 1981, uh, and uh, as far as education, I have a Ph.D. in criminal justice and a couple of master's degrees and have some books that I've had published. Uh, yeah, and you've been doing this now for 42 years, correct? 42 years, yes. Uh, the kind of, kind of work I do is uh, primarily, uh, I don't do the domestic or cheating. Mm-hmm. I will do some child custody type cases uh, as far as individuals go. But most of what I do is for corporations, for attorneys, criminal defense, uh, interviewing witnesses and things of that nature as far as the private investigative side. Uh, I also do uh, personal protection, executive protection uh, details and design programs to keep people safe related to that. And I have kind of a unique uh, opportunity here in central Pennsylvania. I do countermeasure sweeps, electronic countermeasure sweeps, which nobody does. And the closest is Philadelphia or New York. And that's to go into homes or facilities if they think someone is monitoring them with listening devices Mm -hmm. and scan for those, whether it's a vehicle, a home, or a business. Then on the uh, expert witness side, I've been working as an expert witness for almost 40 years. Uh, on matters of security, uh, adequacy of security, and also criminal cases on use of deadly force and self-defense. So do you use a lot of technology as well as personal things? Uh, Technology, somewhat. uh, I mean, primarily photographic equipment. Mm. Now, with electronic sweeps, I have a a suitcase full Mm. of electronic gear Mm -hmm. to do the sweeps for that. But investigations, it's pretty much just photography. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we can't monitor people or track their vehicles or anything of that nature. That would be illegal. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm, now I'm now I'm imagining Perry Mason yeah, and his whole. Uh, he worked with what was his name, Drake? Paul, Paul Drake. Paul Drake. Yes. yes. So now now I'm now I'm imagining him. So yes. <laughs> well, actually, that was one of the most realistic uh, portrayals of a private investigator that's ever been on TV. That's one of my favorite shows. Yeah, so. yeah I love the show. <laughs> but yeah, I, a lot of work for attorneys, criminal defense. Mm-hmm. I'm interviewing people, tracking people down, obtaining background information. Even if they have a client and potential witnesses, mm-hmm. I'll do backgrounds on the witnesses to make sure there's no surprises when we go to court. And you've been in the area for your, the whole time since you got out of the Navy? Or? Well, actually, I was born in uh, Massachusetts, mm-hmm. uh, Westover, and then Alabama. lived in Norway for a few years. and But... Uh, yeah, I've been in Harrisburg really since 1957, 58. And you were a naval intelligence? Officer for 10 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, naval reserve, 10 years. Uh-huh. And that was kind of interesting. Uh, a lot of different opportunities to travel around. Uh, I was going to ask you, tell us a little bit about that. Uh, well, it's naval intelligence. Uh, O&I was the first intelligence service uh, developed uh, by, the, by the United States. It was before the CIA and mm-hmm. FBI and all of that. So it's the oldest. 
And uh, so I did a lot of different assignments, uh, Office of Naval Intelligence down in uh, Suitland, Maryland. I was out in San Diego. I uh, did some work over in London doing background investigations. And for a short period, I was assigned over to CIA for a few months on some liaison work uh, mm-hmm. with Naval Intelligence. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, sometimes I ask our guests to tell us something interesting about themselves, but I mean, everything about you is interesting to me. I mean, wow. What, what's an interesting thing that you've done? Interesting things? Well, uh, I mean, the work is, is interesting, and it's certainly mm-hmm. not like TV, but uh, it's uh, it can be exciting and interesting. Now, I also enjoy teaching. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also teach for a university online. Mm-hmm. Uh, at Sanbury Riddle Aeronautical University, and I teach their intelligence, national security, aviation security courses, and uh, that's kind of one of the most exciting things I do now is working with students and working with people and helping to educate them. And then I also teach part time at the Harrisburg Area Community College Law Enforcement Training Center, uh, the relief of weapons and uh, training related to use of force and deadly force. How did you get into this? It's because of your Navy experience? Is that, well, I mean, actually, I grew up in the 60s and I watched all the t- TV shows, uh, well, Sherlock Holmes, all the spy shows, all mm-hmm. the PI shows, Perry Mason, Mannix, right. Mannix, right. you know, Harry O. Yes. And that's what I wanted to be. Wow. And so that's, I kind of pursued that. I had some initial law enforcement experience, which you need to get a license in Pennsylvania for a private investigator. And so I, uh, Followed the dream. You know, some people say TV is not good for your mind. To me, it gave me my career. Okay. So I, I ended up being a private investigator and I also worked in naval intelligence. I loved all the spy shows and things mm-hmm. of that nature. And uh, it, it's just been a wonderful career. And, and I'm also teaching it as well. Wow. What motivates you? Well, I love doing what I like. To, I, I just love what I do. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, I like to be out there to help people. In my work, I'm there providing a service to people who are in oftentimes dire needs, if mm-hmm. it's criminal defense and things mm-hmm. of that nature. And it's one of the downsides is you get to see the negative aspects of life and people and things that are going on in our society. But if can I can I be out there and help people to make their facility more secure or give do some investigations that's going to help them in a case, uh, that's what excites me. So you see the 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 darker side of of people in situations that a lot of people don't, right? Absolutely. I mean, if you're dealing with homicide cases and things of that nature, it's just atrocious. Uh, some of the things that go on, and how people abuse other people and what they do to them. I know that you're a strong Catholic. How do you integrate your faith? How do you deal with this? You know, with, with regarding the faith aspect. Well, faith is an important part. Being a Catholic and Knights of Columbus, and in my experience with the Church and with the Knights. Is it kind of keeps you focused that there's a there's a better purpose, you mm-hmm. know. God has a plan. Jesus has a plan, and uh, while this might be the evil side of society and some people, uh, hopefully things will change, uh, and it, it keeps you kind of above that uh, with some hope that yeah, I get to see the good things in people as well. Mm-hmm. Even in bad situations, I try to look at the the bright side and areas that might be of value to uh, keep your spirit up and things of that nature. Have you been a Catholic your whole life? Yes, I have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, your Catholic faith obviously is important because you you said that you're a uh, Knight of Columbus. Talk a little bit about what you've done in the Knights of Columbus. You, we talked before we went on the air. You had a couple of different positions. Yeah, I, well, I've been in Knights of Columbus, I guess, pr- approximately thirty years. Mm-hmm. In fact, I'm now a life member, honorary life member. Mm-hmm. I'm at the age and the time. You're at that age and the time. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, 
But yeah, I, I started off at the Holy Rosary Council, and I kind of went up through the through the mm-hmm. ranks, and I was Grand Knight there. And then I moved into the city of Harrisburg for a while, and I was with Cathedral Parish, mm-hmm. uh, and I was a Deputy Grand Knight at mm-hmm. that location. And then I moved again out in Susquehanna Township, so I met with St. Margaret Mary's. And when I first moved into that area, I was a district deputy for a couple for two years for that area. And now for the last two years, I've been deputy Grand Knight at St. Margaret Mary's. A great council. We just won Star Awards this year, and we're just moving along. Yeah, it's it's good. All, everybody, all the volunteers at Holy Family Radio are, are Knights of Columbus, so yeah. you're in good company here at Holy Family Radio. So thank you for your leadership roles. A lot of people just come in and they you know they become a member they do some activities but man once you're an officer and you know you talk you know dd i mean that's a lot of time and commitment it's a struggle to get the members uh involved Mm -hmm. and like we just had a new member come in right away we kind of urged them to run for one of the offices Mm -hmm. and that's why you have to get them engaged yeah um getting back to to you again the the thing that that I, i think is interesting i looked at you know all the information on your website and I would like to know what, uh, how you define success because it sounds to me like you've been successful in all these different areas, you know, teaching as well as all these other areas of investigation. Well, I mean, success for me has been a couple different areas. Uh, one, in my actual career as far as what I wanted to achieve, uh, being a private investigator and being successful at that. Uh, other areas was my educational goals uh, with my degrees and uh, training in that area, also professional certifications. And then I always wanted to write books. So I have like seven books that have been published. They're textbooks mm-hmm. on security-related areas. So all those, I just succeeded in everything I wanted to do. Not that I'm the greatest in the world, you know, but uh, I, I'm very happy for how things ended up and, and put a lot of work into it. What is the process like to to write a book and then get it published and that whole thing? Yeah, Writing books is kind of interesting. Uh, I do textbooks, and uh, the way that works is you don't need a an agent or anything to write a textbook mm-hmm. for, for, for a publisher. Basically, you send a proposal to a publisher. If they're interested, uh, you send them a draft, and then based on that, they'll do a contract. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the first book I did was a co-author with someone to get my foot in the door, and they liked that. And then I submitted other Drafts, drafts yeah. of what I wanted to do, and, and the publisher went along with it. Once you have one or two published, I mean, it's it's just you're right in for anything else you want to do. Right, that, that's interesting. And these are books that are that are used in, in classrooms. Yeah, they're used in classrooms or by the profession. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're not sold in stores, but Amazon, uh, Barnes and Noble, right. uh, all of those places you can buy them online or directly from the publisher. Well, that's interesting. So if people need to find out about security, that's the place to go. Right. Yes. Excellent. Well, listen. Um, I want to talk a little bit more about uh, maybe hurdles that you've faced in your career and, and how you've overcome them. Okay. Uh, let's – do we have time before the break, Joe? It looks like yeah, we have – let's get started. We're going to have to take a break in the middle of your story, but why don't you – we will start and we'll come back after the break to finish it. Uh, well, hurdles in the in my, related to my career and, yeah. and the Catholic faith, yeah. it, it kind of goes back to that concept of – you see so much neg- negativity mm-hmm. and really the evil in humans. And sometimes you can sit back and say, well, you know, why does God allow this to happen? Why, why do people treat, treat each other this way? And so sometimes it can make you question, you know, your faith. And, mm-hmm. But you have to keep focused and, and understand that really it's not God doing this. It's, it's people. It's the humans. They're given free will. 
and they're out there performing these hideous deeds. And uh, so you have to kind of keep focused. Well, you must be able to sleep good at night knowing that you're doing good, though, every day. I mean, that must that must give you solace, right? I mean, yeah, it's it's nice it's nice satisfaction uh, to know what you're doing and mm-hmm. to be able to help people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, now Joe, our engineer, is telling me we do have to take a break. So, listeners, please be patient. We're going to be back after these messages. I am with Dr. Daniel Benny, and I'm Joan Evastinsky, and you're listening to Central Pennsylvania, Central Pennsylvania Voices. We'll be right back after these messages. your host, and I am joined by Dr. Daniel Benny. He's a private investigator and a security expert and a Catholic in the night of Columbus, so kind of kind of person we like around here. So uh, we were right in the middle of a conversation. Uh, I wanted to ask you, you know, we've all placed, uh, we've all faced major decisions in our lives that resulted in us choosing to take a right turn or a left turn, uh, and they're major decisions. Have you ever had to do one of those in your life that you'd like to share with? Yeah, actually, I have, and it's when I was actually quite young, and I, I can't, I kind of believe that's one of the reasons why I kind of ex- try to excel in everything that I do. Uh, my family life, my father was uh, alcoholic, uh, very abusive, and uh, was really a pretty horrible situation as I was growing up. And of course, n- nothing I would do was right. And my mother was a uh, enabler for him if you if you get that mm-hmm. and uh they always put me down like you know you're not college material you should go to the barber school you know they oh. get, they get good tips and that's what they told me wow and of course he drank and, and so i made a decision that i'm not going to be like him okay i mean not that i don't drink but i've never been drunk in my life yeah uh and uh i'm not going to be like him and i guess in my mind i'm going to show you that i can be something and I think that's kind of one of the reasons, subconsciously or consciously, I've tried to excel in everything with all the degrees and writing books. Mm. Uh, they're all deceased. They're passed on now. And they'd probably be amazed to see what I've accomplished in my life. Do you have any siblings? Are you an only child? I have a half-brother who uh, passed on last year, and then a half-sister. And she's in her 80s, and she lives in Connecticut. I'm in contact with him. That's with my dad's first marriage. Uh-huh. So, but other than that, I know no other siblings. Most of the relatives are now passed mm-hmm. on. Yeah. So, so you felt it necessary to to really excel to to. to yeah, achieve. it was like uh, yeah. I'm going to excel. Yeah, mm-hmm. I can go to college and I can be something and do something, and uh, and I, I realized what I wanted to do really from watching TV. Living in an abusive house, I kind of just focused on television, mm-hmm. you know, the fantasy world. But that gave me an idea of what I wanted to do in my profession. So based on that and that I'm going to be better than what they thought I could be, that set me on my goals and where I am today. Yeah, you're one of the few people who that I've spoken to that when you were a young person, you were a child, you decided what you were going to be, your dream job, right. and then you did it. You know, I'm in that boat also. When I was young, I, I knew I wanted to be a musician. I knew I wanted to be a music educator. And I went, I, I, I like you, I wanted to 
I knew my, what my goal was going to be, and I worked hard to do it, and I did it. And so I, I retired after teaching for 34 years. Um, I'm still a musician, you know. Yeah. But I'm I'm glad that I am was one of those people that did what I wanted to do. There, you talk to people on the street, and that's not usually the case. People have ideas of what they want to do, and they, they don't. They they don't get fulfilled. So for you, you should feel really blessed that right. that you know you had that God gave you that grace to to have the work ethic to do what you needed to do to succeed. Yeah, it's it's kind of unique. Not a lot of again, a lot of people just don't don't have that opportunity. But I also like music. I had a band. Really, uh, I've done everything in my life. Wow. Uh, I had a rock band from 1969 to 1982 in the Harrisburg area. I played bass. Wow, it was just for fun and. Uh, I still have all my equipment. It all works, and I bang around the house. I'd love to get in the band again, but uh, part time. But there we go. Yeah, there's nothing nothing uh, wrong with music, and I mean, and that's, uh, I mean, your career sounds outstanding. Uh, you, you knew what you wanted. You love music. You not only play, I assume, different yeah. instruments, yeah. and you teach it. Uh, so that's uh, you're really in the same boat that I am as far as your career aspirations. Yeah, but most people can't can't really say that. Yeah, and I feel badly because I talk to people who, you know, they hate their jobs. They they don't like their family, you know. They they they're in really bad situation, and I feel blessed that I've had an opportunity to do what I wanted to do. Yeah, I mean everything I do, whether it's a teaching, and I love teaching mm-hmm. education, and 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 the investigative work and the consulting and an expert witness. I can't believe I'm getting paid to do it. I mean it's it's not work to me. It's fun. Mm-hmm. Probably your situation yeah, same as thing. well. Yeah, I can't believe I'm being paid to do this. And uh, it, it, it's just very satisfying. What is it like to be an expert witness? Because we see that in the news sometimes they bring on these people and one side versus the other side has a has a different expert witness. What is that like from your experience? Well, expert witness is really the most exciting part of, mm-hmm. of what I do anymore because it's uh, it's really it's all in the mind. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're called in, uh, for example, I work on a homicide case, uh, for example, self-defense. Someone's involved with self-defense and they're charged uh, for, for homicide, and my job is to go in there and try to persuade a jury that you know it was self defense mm-hmm. or whatever the expert case might be. Right. Uh, but it, you're using your your knowledge, your your education, your training and experience, and you're presenting that to the court. Uh, and it's whether they like they approve what you're saying versus another side's expert or the prosecution. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's it's very exhilarating because it's uh, it's all in the mind. It's, mm-hmm. And it's and, and the other nice thing is your opinion. Right. It's you know, it's not like as an investigator, I'm testifying to the facts and what I've observed. But this is my opinion, right? Uh, which is really it, it's it's uh, gives you the opportunity to explore different areas and be creative, and uh, pass it on to a jury. Now, when you're successful, I bet that makes you feel good. But what happens when, you know, they they don't go with your opinion? How does uh, that make you feel? Well, I've only ever, as far as expert witness, I only ever lost one case. Wow. Out of about sixty or seventy. And uh, that was kind of based on, I won't go into the details, but the, the attorney. I mean, the attorney I was working for didn't have all the proper information. Uh, but yeah, it can happen. Uh, I, I have cases coming up, and if you lose a case, you just put your best effort. You do your mm-hmm. best. You just never know where a jury is going to go. And sometimes you have no control over that. Do you work for a variety of attorneys? Yeah, all, all different types of mm-hmm. attorneys uh, in Harrisburg area, out of Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, and around the state. Mm-hmm. And I've done expert witness in Commonwealth Court and federal court. And some of my clients have been the federal government, like OSHA, mm-hmm. uh, for expert witness for OSHA on, on various on various cases. Yeah. So it sounds really varied. I mean, oh, yeah. it really does. Well, it's, it can be any type of case. I mean, mine is anything related to security or use of force. 
are there a lot of people in your field? Because like I don't see a lot of like in real life, I don't see a lot of information about private investigators. I mean, is it a small number of you that are doing this? Or I don't know. It's in Dolphin County alone, there must be about fifteen that are licensed. Mm-hmm. Uh, we pretty much we don't advertise. I don't advertise in the phone book anymore. Who reads it, right? right, right. Uh, it's like you know, I'm in the phone book. I am somebody. That's yeah. what it used to be. Mm-hmm. But we advertise through our web pages right. and and through professional journals and belonging to professional organizations. There's a lot of investigators. Some of the larger firms, and they pretty much serve the community and guard service and things of that nature. Right. But there, there's quite a few private investigators, and there's a professional organization, uh, Pennsylvania Association of Licensed Investigators which we all belong to, mm-hmm. and they vet the individuals for ethics and things right. of that nature. How do people find out about you then? They just, like, Google? Well, yeah. yeah, most people just Google. Yeah. You know, BennyPI.com is my yeah. webpage. Or if they just, uh, you know, Google my name or, or just hit private investigator in Harrisburg, mm-hmm. and uh, the names will come up of the different agencies. Uh, interesting. Well, tell us a little bit about your faith journey. How did you go? I mean, you said you were Catholic your whole life. Tell us a little about, you know, from when you were young up to where we are yeah. today. I grew up Catholic, and I was kind of disillusioned when I was young because, as I said, my my father was a very uh, abusive alcoholic. But we had to get up and, and go to mass on Sunday, and uh, which you should, mm-hmm. of course. So I started to see this double standard: how how can you be a good Catholic and you go to church and go to communion, and the rest of the week this is how you are? So I was kind of disillusioned with my faith, and for, for a number of years, when I was in my early twenties, I I was still, I was always Catholic. I would go to church occasionally, but I kind of shied away from it based on that experience. And then I realized that, you know, there, there's more to life than just working. And I thought about my roots in the Catholic church and I started going back to church. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that, and, in fact, I even went out to the uh, diocese and started taking courses mm-hmm. to relearn things that you learn when you're in catechism. Right. Did you go to public school as I did? I went to uh, Catholic school, St. Francis, uh, for about three or four years, mm-hmm. and then we moved out to Lower Paxton. I went to Holy Name for a few years, but then uh, went to public school for for junior high and mm-hmm. high school. And uh, that was another reason that you kind of get away from the faith when you were going to grade school right. with the priest and the nuns. and the They were having mass every week during the day. Yes. Yeah. So I actually went back to the diocese center when I was older and started taking some free courses. Mm-hmm to kind of re- review the things that I learned when I was younger. And that uh, fortified me to continue with, with my faith and and become the Catholic that I should be. Yeah, I know. I went to uh, public school, and in the 1970s, CCD wasn't that good. Yeah. I mean, so I didn't learn a whole lot until yeah. I went. My, my wife is a convert. When she converted, I went to all the instruction with her. Okay. And that's when I learned really about my faith. Yeah. So had my wife not converted, I wouldn't be as good a Catholic as I am today. So that that, that helped me a lot. Yeah, it's what I learned as an adult really provided my faith. And then, of course, I started to be active with the church when I was at Cathedral Parish as an usher and then uh, was heavily involved with the Knights of Columbus even before that at Holy Rosary Council. And that helped uh, my faith, uh, doing things with other Catholics, Catholic men. Uh, it's good are, to be with Catholic men, right? Yeah, who are knights and doing things in service for the church. Um, what lessons have you learned in your career and your faith experience? Well, to you have to keep your faith close to you. In any kind of, no matter what career you, you're involved in, there's, there's downsides and, of it, and there's things that are going to be problems. And if you have your faith, 
uh, Catholic faith, helping out with the Knights, serving the church, serving God, that motivates you to be a better person, be a better Catholic, be a better man. And that transfers into your professional life, too. Mm -hmm. Uh, It makes you better at whatever you do, whether it's teaching music or working at a radio station or being a private investigator. And also sustains you from the negative things of your career. As I mentioned, in my career, I see a lot of negative aspects of human life. Mm -hmm. And that uh, helps keep you uh, in the right mind and right spirit uh, to uh, worship God and to be a good Catholic. Excellent, excellent answer. Excellent answer. There was no wrong answer, but that was a really That's great one. <laughs> uh, do you have a favorite saint? Uh, saint Patrick. Uh, in, in well, I love. I love the. I love the UK and, and Ireland. Uh-huh. Uh, of course, this. The story of Saint Patrick and how he went in and converted people mm-hmm. and explained the Trinity and. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a wee bit Irish. You know, so. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. A little so bit. Uh, that's one thing I, I miss about not belonging to St. Patrick's Cathedral. That's my favorite favorite saint. <laughs> well, our parish, our diocese is still... Yes, that's the, a cathedral parish. Right. It's yes. still for St. Saint, saint Patrick. So uh, do you have a number one takeaway you'd like to leave with our listeners? i just like to, you know, say, you know, especially the Catholics out there, stay true to your faith, uh, trust in God, trust in Jesus, and... Do whatever you can for the church. Encourage any Catholic men to seek out and join the Knights of Columbus if you're not a member. Uh, it's a wonderful organization to associate with other Catholic men and Knights and provide service to the church, your community, and to God. Well, so that's my takeaway. Thank you so much, Dr. Benny. Yeah, Dr. Daniel Benny, uh, private investigator, security expert. Thank you for being with us here at Holy Family Radio. Uh, your website is bennypi.com. Correct? That's correct. Thank you so much for being uh, with us here on Central Pennsylvania Voices. And thank you for listening to this edition. Listen again next time.